Hello, welcome to episode 152 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today is Commons Only. We are talking about Popper. We are. We got a special guest we're going to introduce you to in a minute, and uh, we're going to talk all about Popper. Yeah, so if you want to uh, tweet at us your favorite Commons, you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Oh, that's a really good idea. I really want to know what people's favorite Commons are. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. I really want to see these. You guys should send them in. Um, you can also email them to us, show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. Um, if you're looking to pick up any commons or complete decks, because you can build a deck for like 30 bucks, um, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, TCG.CasualTryhardMTG.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a small percentage of to help keep the show going. And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Throw a couple bucks in the pot. You'll get access to our show notes. You'll get access to our pre-show that I've heard very good things about. It's a good pre-show. You guys should chip a couple bucks in and listen. Um, and you'll also get on my mailing list for givebacks, which I have the next round, like, organized but not sent out yet so they'll be going out soon um also don't forget about our discord there's a link in the description there's a link on all our social media hop on our discord and have a chat with us that's where we met our guest today yeah we make connections yeah so we have uh brad from the common knowledge podcast brad you want to tell us a little bit about yourself your show kind of what you're into Thanks for having me on, Brian and James. This is great. Um, I knew I'd wear you guys down eventually if I kept messaging you. <laughs> yeah, we're glad um, to have you. No, it should be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm a co-host of the Common Knowledge Podcast, and pretty much, kind of like you guys asked me in the pre-show, 99% of what I do in Magic the Gathering is pauper-related, whether it's content or um, building decks, playing games, going to the LGS, what have you. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's really about it. I've been playing Magic on and off. I mean, you know, it's everybody's tale, but um, playing Magic on and off since 93, 94. Took some yep. extended breaks in between. I've been back since about 2017, 2018, and it's been popper, popper, popper ever since. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if uh, if people wanted to check your podcast out, where can they find you? Yeah, it's on all the major um, podcast outlets. It's the Common Knowledge Podcast. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it's also um, CK Podcast MTG on Twitter. Uh, that's not super active, but you're probably more likely to find me on Twitter, and that's just popper underscore B. There we cool. go. So we wanted to bring you on, and you wanted to come on, because there's been a few times that I have mentioned, like, people should play popper. Yeah. Because, you know, regular, let's go, regular constructed magic in air quotes is like kidney priced at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, like, not just that though. Um, not, not just that we have, we've met, I mean, not just that because like popper is more than just that, but also because like, it's kind of been a recurring theme for the last few months that, you know, we're trying to find our place in what either magic is becoming or has become. And, you know, something like popper might have a place in, you know, whatever you're trying to do with the game. Um, so it's worth exploring. And so, like you had mentioned, you know, maybe something um, you were talking about trying to connect with our, our good friend and longtime listener, Anthony, and, you know, a way to do that through spell table or whatever that's 
you know, doesn't require a whole lot of investment could be popper. Yeah, it's wonderful for that. Um, just some of the people I interact with on Twitter that I've gotten to be good buddies with. Uh, we've we've sent decks back and forth to each other. You know, if there's somebody that needs or, you know, first time into popper and they tweet it out, they're like, oh, what should I build for my first deck? You know, before you know it, people are just sending them cards left and right. And they got three decks because it probably cost more to ship it than it did, you know, the cards themselves. <laughs> but now we have yeah. a new member in the community. So it's it, it all kind of works out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So like you, you mentioned new member in the community. Is there a big, like, like where do pe- where do popper players hang out? Is there like a central meeting area where, you know, like a chat room on Moto or a discord or a place where you could go if you were interested in the format to get some more information? I think Twitter is probably the biggest because okay. um, it's more generic, not, not generic. It's more, it's not specified. Um, you know, there's a ton of Facebook groups, um, there's a handful of Discord groups mm-hmm. that you can get into, um, but a lot of those are very specific. Like, um, there's three or four de- um, Discord servers that I can think of off the top of my head that are dedicated to pretty much one deck. Okay. I don't know if that's the same for other formats, like modern or, or standard or what have you, but yeah, I think Twitter is probably the best. Because um, even on Facebook, you kind of have to be like a member of this podcast to talk to the community or, or what oh, have gotcha. you, you know? Um so yeah, that's how I got on board was I was actually a member of the Common Knowledge Facebook group and then got tired of Facebook, migrated over to Twitter, and here I am. Awesome. So, let's, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, let's talk about what Popper is. Like sure. obviously it's you know an inexpensive format that's easy to get into that uh you can say cheap. It's okay to say cheap. Well, I mean, that takes a little bit away from it. It's inexpensive. I mean, some of the cards aren't cheap, though. Like, I mean, Popper definitely drives the prices of some cards. There's, you know, I can think of like three or four cards off the top of my head that are, you know, Popper staples that kind of demand a premium just because they're played in Popper. Yeah. Like that doesn't necessarily mean the format's cheap, but less expensive. You know, you might build a Popper deck for 30 or 40 bucks, whereas, you know, your modern deck's going to cost you 1200 bucks. Yep, I can. Um, uh, I was sitting around last night on the couch, and I kind of tallied it up. I have two, well, what I call um, battle boxes, just full of decks. You know, I have like almost fifty pauper decks. I have six or seven pauper commander decks, uh, pauper cube, and everything combined with the deck boxes and the sleeves is like one tier one modern deck. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah, crazy so, to think of like that. So what? makes a card popper legal let's let's start at like the very base level here um basically any common any card that's ever been printed at common not silver border um if it's been printed digitally like on uh, mtgo for example like an mtgo exclusive you know digital only version on mtgo promo and it happens to be common it's automatically legal in paper Okay. Uh, before it was not like that. Before they unified, you know, MTGO had its own legalities, I guess you'll call it. And then, depending on which LGS you went to, the paper events had their own um, legalities as well. Oh, and weird. then eventually, yeah, it gained enough steam and enough popularity that they became unified. And that added, I want to say it added to about 400 cards to the MTGO card pool that were in paper. You know, they oh, weren't cool. there before. 
Um, so now pretty much it's it's all one big system now. If it gets printed in paper at Common or printed online at Common, it's it's all pauper now. Okay, so it doesn't matter like, you know, if it's Common in like a random EDH precon that like downshifts it, like yep. that's that still counts. Yep, absolutely. We're um, we are very much like legacy in that in that respect. Okay, what about? Like, are there any cards from Arena that changed the legality? Like, I, I don't even know if, like, you know, anything from, um, like, the remastered sets or anything changed legalities or not. But, like, would that change a card's legality? A, I believe so. Um, if it was a legitimate set on Arena, not like um, a card that gets conjured or a spellbook card or what have you. No, yeah, don't um, get us started. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I tried to tread lightly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's a legit set on Arena, if it happens to be downshifted, then yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay. It would be pauper legal. Thankfully, though, we haven't had a lot of that or any of that, really. I, what I've noticed is more so like pauper staples get upshifted on Arena, like Lightning okay. Bolt and, you know, Faithless yeah. Looting and all that stuff. Yeah. So nothing out of like the, you know, 600 card massive historic jump start like made any waves in popper or anything no no they all pretty much retain their um legality i guess you'll okay call it. well cool well that makes it kind of easy then yeah, yeah yeah absolutely what's nice is like scryfall mm-hmm. you can actually search like is this popper legal yeah okay yep, there's a you just type in format you know colon popper and it there's every single card i think we're up to almost eight thousand unique cards uh in the format Awesome. Yeah, so if you don't know, Scryfall has you. Gatherer does not. Yes, 100%. Th- oh, thanks, really? Wizards. Gatherer yeah. doesn't support Popper? I don't think it I mean, might. it's Wizards format. That's crazy. Like, Gatherer does. It's just not as reliable. Well, it's not as nice to use. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say that'd be kind of weird if it wasn't on Gatherer. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they they ignore the format, so it's almost like it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wizards has, they have a habit of doing that. Yeah, they, but they, like this started as a MTGO format, right? It was just played on Magic Online. Yeah, it did. Um, and I'm totally spacing on the names, but it was a handful, a nice tight group of people that played on MTGO. Uh, they would do like friendly leagues in the tournament practice room, basically player run events, um, yeah. which are still kind of a backbone to our community now. But yeah, and then it just kept steamrolling, kept gaining popularity until Wizards finally um, relented, probably, and, and gave us a format. Awesome. Yeah, I played. Uh, I actually played Popper for a very short period of time. I know you're, a, you know, a newer listener, but that you've gone back and listened to some of our older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I hurt my back pretty bad, um, I don't know, like 11, 12 years ago at this point, and I was out of work for a while. And one of the things that I did to pass time was uh, I signed up for a Magic Online account way back then and was jamming some popper leagues. Yeah, yeah that's about the time it started getting real, real popular. Yep. I remember going on to, uh, I think it was eBay. You could buy like common, common play sets from a whole set for like, 10 bucks so i just i bought a couple couple of yeah. those and yeah i still do that to this day so that's still a thing they do i didn't even yeah, know that was... buy, um <laughs> yeah uh some sellers just sell like a single copy of the entire set in common some of them will sell like a whole play set yeah um, or some will sell like commons and uncommons play set from the whole set but yeah it's still a thing yeah 
So what are other than we we've we've touched on the cost. What are the other like advantages of playing in Popper? That one I think is one of those tricky questions that tends to vary. The answer varies depending on who you ask. Um, I think Popper as a format is very approachable. Um, it's a very powerful format, but it's also a very easy format to learn and to play. Obviously, because of what we talked about before, it's a very easy format to pick up. Um, mm. You know, it can be as simple as this is a what commons do I own format, or it could be all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you're grinding and trying to take down challenges every weekend and, you know, legitimately trying to make an income off yeah. of MTGO. So it's kind of everywhere in between. I'm more, I'm probably closer to the kitchen table side of it, but really, um, I think I lost track of the original question, but no. Um, well, just like, you know, what benefits are there to playing in Popper? Like, obviously, you know, the cost is a big benefit, but like what drives you to the format? Why, why do you play Popper? Yep. The first is the cost, obviously. You already said yeah. that. Um, two... I, I don't know if I can personally pin down um, an aspect of the cards or of the game itself that drives me or draws me to Pauper. Okay, that's um, fair enough. But it's definitely, since I've been around and been in Magic for so long, I've played in a handful of formats. I tipped my toe in Legacy for a little while and tried Standard, I think in uh, Cons Block, that sort of thing, and now I'm in Pauper. I never did play Modern too much. Mm. Um but the main thing I really love about Popper is just the community, the interactiveness of the community, the willingness to like, let's get 10 people together and brew this deck community. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. Everybody's kind of willing to help each other out. And it's a huge, and it may be this way in other formats, but it's a huge international community. Um, that's one okay. that's, that's where like Twitter comes in real big. Cause you got, you know, us here in the States and um, the Brazilian Popper players, they have a huge community. They're some of the best popper players in the world. Wow. Same with um, Italy. They have some phenomenal players out there. They always hold... Uh, I think the pandemic put a slow on it, but they have um, Poppergeddon, which is like a huge two to 300 person in paper, just popper tournament. Wow. Every year. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I've never even heard of such a thing. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either. Um, and most people haven't, you know, until you actually get into the format, you know, and talk yeah. to some people. And that's that's kind of the thing, too. And I think um, a lot of the popularity with the international community is a lot to do with MTGO, with the ease of access, mm -hmm. and the exchange rate. Honestly, it's just cheaper to play Pauper, say, if you live in Brazil, than it is if you live here. Like, yeah. I can play a league, you know, I can buy a deck, a Pauper deck, and play a league for a total of, like, $15. But if I lived in Brazil, that would be, like, $75. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and that's just pauper. So you can kind of drag that yeah, out to other crazy. formats. And, yeah, and it gets real expensive. So um, I think that has a lot to do with it. But no, overall, I think um, I just love the community. Yeah. <laughs> For as the cheesy as that is to say. No, it's perfectly reasonable. Um, that is like one of the things, not that like I'm super deep in a pauper or anything, mm -hmm. but that is kind of one of the things that. I had noticed about the format is the community seems a lot more like close knit than a lot of the other formats. You know, you get a bunch of modern guys in the same room and eventually they'll start talking about how, you know, my amulet deck is 
better than your burn deck or whatever but like pauper is not really like that yeah you're kind of more of a cohesive group then and like that's where my question earlier was kind of in the same direction as was like it it made sense because of the kind of people that play pauper that there would be like one big meeting place instead of like separate little communities for each little deck or archetype and i see what you're saying now yeah that makes sense um i would have to say yeah something like twitter would be the best option for that yeah there are like i said there's multiple discords but it's hard to keep up with all those at some time so generally unless you're part of a specific group on facebook you know twitter's twitter's generally your best option all right so like i think i've talked about it on the show before i've really enjoyed on arena the like artisan events yeah and i've i've found that like modern magic is very snowbally especially at like the rare and mythic level Right, where like if you your card if the thing resolves and you don't immediately kill it or kill it like the next turn, you just die. It's dead, yeah. Yeah, and like Popper doesn't have that or doesn't have that as much. Right. Like it feels like there's more of the like old timey gameplay. Yeah. Right. There's there's not a, a Ragavan analog. There's not a one mana one mana three three that like gives you card selection and flies right right it's, it's richard garfield <laughs> magic yeah it's more like the small edges that we've talked about as opposed to feeling like at least like in standard recently it feels like everything's like just go over the top and do the the biggest thing possible and like yeah. moderns like that as well and mm-hmm. it feels like popper you're like oh i have to like attack and block and like how much mana i spend matters because there's like <laughs> only like four or five, you know, playable free spells in the format. They're not like, you know, flash three twos that uh, exile my opponent's creature. Right. Like, yeah. you, like you have more feel of like, this is the magic I played when I was, you know, in 1993, 94. Right. The cards are way better than they were back then. We're not playing hill giants. But, <laughs> but like you saw that like, oh, like it, like my decisions up to this point in the game matter. And it yeah, feels it like... Is... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it feels like in a lot of, like, constructed, more higher-powered formats, it feels like there's oftentimes, like, I resolve my card. None of the things we did before this point matter. And the only thing that matters after this is this card. And you're like, oh, I, I thought I was making good decisions, but they don't matter anymore. And yeah. Popper feels like you still have that, like, oh... I like played the right land on turn one that let me uh, maximize all of my turns up to this point. And that's given me this teeny tiny little fractional edge. And Hey, great. Now I can leverage that little edge that I have. Yep. 100%. Um, that's a really good way to put it. I think the, the format is about incremental inva- uh, well, incremental advantages as you, mm-hmm. you know, as you play the game, whereas, you know, you mentioned modern and say that's a, turn four format or turn five format that's basically you're just done like turn four turn five your deck does what it's supposed to do and you move on to the next match yeah. um upper outside of a handful of decks um really can't be classified like that it, it is very much a um just a grind fest it's a slug fest like you said you have to attack you have to block you have to hope that you're hitting your lands on time that you're curving out if that's what your deck needs to do you know if, man 
Is Poplar the, the only format where mid-range is viable now? Um, for the longest time it was, Affinity's <laughs> kind of put a squash on that. But yes, um, Man. mid-range is definitely one of the um, three or four pillars of the format for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've gone and looked at the uh, the Popper meta game, and uh, Affinity is an unreasonable amount of the format. <laughs> unreasonable is a very polite word for it. I think it's like twenty percent, twenty five percent of the format. It's absurd. That's yeah. crazy because Popper is like normally a pretty diverse format. It really is, and it's only been the the. I mean, some would argue longer than this, but it's really only been the last few years, I guess, since the roughly since fire design um that every single set had before i guess before fire design it was pauper was lucky to get one to three cards out of a standard set that were remotely playable and now we're getting six man that sounds exactly like legacy yeah sometimes we're getting two or three cards that create entirely new decks wow um it's, it's just crazy so yeah, Affinity is out of control um, thanks to Blood Fountain and Deadly Dispute and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, the bridges from Modern Horizons 2, they've been kind of a nightmare if you're not playing Affinity. Yeah. But um, yeah, usually it's a lot more diverse than that. It's just kind of in a rough spot right now. You mean, you mean oh. having 15 playable uh, artifact lands is a problem? <laughs> or 16, 16, right? Darksteel, uh, Darksteel, Dark uh, yeah. Citadel, yeah, yeah. I would could have never imagined. We we went years without printing any more of those, and then we're just like, meh. Here you go. Yeah. Yolo. <laughs> here's some two color ones. Yeah, here's dual ones at that. Oh, yeah, but we, they come into play tap, so so it's okay. It's fine. And we don't want you to get your land shattered, so we're gonna make him indestructible too. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. So. Yep, and that's pretty much how it's been. So we've kind of touched on it. Like, what are the, what are the general archetypes that like show up in Popper? What are, if you if you go to your LGS and you know to play Popper, like what would you expect to see? Or if, on Moto, what would you expect to see in like a normal league or whatever? In a normal league, I would say in a in an affinity less world, um, blue black. Fairies, not so much blue black delver, but blue black fairies is probably nearly tier zero in our format. It's one of the best, if not the best, decks in the format. Um, there's Boros Monarch, which is you know James. There's your mid range deck right there. That's probably wow, the best mid range mid range deck. Yep, mid range deck is probably the best mid range deck in the format. Crazy. Um, it's about the only one that can keep up with blue black fairies or blue black delver, whichever one is the uh, flavor du jour. Uh, Tron's always a big player. Um, not so much lately, just because of the supplemental sets that have come out have, have kind of tamed that beast, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then just a handful of aggro, I guess. A lot of burn. You know, burn's another pillar, I would say, of the format. And yeah. then really outside of that, it's, it's going to be a handful of aggro and then just a ton of bruise, honestly. Are there any, uh, like you mentioned, just about every archetype except for one, and that is uh, Brian's favorite archetype combo? Combo. Are there any combo decks? We do have some combo decks. Um, lastly, and, and not missed at all, was Chatterstorm. That one oh. got nerfed back in September. That was pretty ridiculous combo deck. Some people loved it, either loved it or hated it. Um, yeah. One of the two. 
I saw some and, YouTube videos. It looked pretty absurd. Yeah, it was it was real absurd. You know, turn two with forty power on board. That's just yeah. that's not something a commons only format is built to handle. <laughs> right. Um, outside of that, we don't have a ton of combo deck. There are some outliers. Uh, we've got some really cool brewers in the format that'll like um, make some YouTube videos and like, hey, I've been working on this deck for six months and it finally got me like a league five zero. Mm-hmm. Here's a video for it, and then all of a sudden. A hundred people are playing it for two weeks and then it goes away forever. You know, yeah. there's nothing that really sticks around. There's um with first day of class, we got the goblin combo deck that pops up every now and then. That one hasn't been nerfed or anything. And that one's fun. Just reoccur a bunch of goblins, make infinite mana, burn them out. Um hmm. but really, I mean, unless you're down in like tier three, tier four, there's not suitable combo decks, I guess. Okay. I have a very nice red-black popper reanimator deck that I'm sure is awful, but... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if reanimator can ever be awful. I love that archetype. Yeah, faithless lootings and exhumes, and you bring back, oh gosh, one of the big, like, BFZ Eldrazi, and has some... Again, this is what's great about popper, is just random cards. There's the enchantment that, like, it's dragon something. Dragon's breath, maybe? Yeah, yep. and when a creature oh, comes in, and... yep, gives it haste and you attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like you know, if there's not in that format, endurance. rest in peace. <laughs> rest in <laughs> right. peace. The pains of my existence. Nothing uh, like a turn two Ulamog's Crusher. Yeah, that's right. It's is a good clean magic. fairy macabre popper legal? Was that yep, a common? It is. That's a um, that's a sideboard staple in in any color deck in our format. Yeah. Is it basically the only graveyard hate? Was it, I think, like all the artifacts we've gotten lately were uncommons, right? Uh, lately, yeah, we have Relic of Progenitus, which is okay. probably hands down the best uh, artifact graveyard hate anyway. We have Tormod's Crypt, uh, okay. which is okay. Uh, but those are probably the two for artifacts that, that make the biggest um, problems, headaches for graveyards. And then we just have a random, a random assortment of spells yeah. that We'll take care of one to three cards, you know. Um, but if you're really worried about graveyard, yeah, you're running fairy macabre and or relic of progenitus. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting your doing your thing and then getting it like chain of vapor or uh, you know echoing truth or whatever. Sad times. Yeah. <laughs> sad times. I did yeah, the. Oh no, I didn't do the thing. The thing got undone. <laughs> no, no, no. I did the thing. You weren't supposed to do your thing. Exactly. Yeah. You were supposed to watch my thing <laughs> right. happen. That's what they say about fun, though, right? It's a zero-sum game. Yes, one person's having all of yeah, the fun. You need to have all of uh-huh. the fun, and you need to have none of the fun. Yeah, there's no split. Yeah, my, yeah. my guy needed to be hexproof. My bad. Um, so oh, yeah, hexproof boggles. That's another um, nearly tier one deck. I would say tier one and a half. It's always oh. there, always prevalent, um, and it's a You're nightmare. You're supposed to be trying to talk me into Popper. <laughs> I guess you have some good answers though, because like the edicts are all common, right? Yeah, diabolic edict, chainers edict, get all the good stuff. Yeah. There's a ton of sacrifice, like innocent blood, and and all that yeah. good stuff. Yes, yeah, so... it's just a matter if you can get to them fast enough. Yeah, that uh, that question I had about the graveyard hate um, mm-hmm. kind of made me think about something else. Like, is sideboarding different in Popper than it would be in like a regular constructed format because you don't have access to like all of the hate cards? Like, there's no uh, like there's no leyline, right? So, like, personal um, hexproof really isn't a thing. 
Right. That that's correct. Yep. Um, I I think it's probably the same as far as what you need to hate out. You know, yeah. like my deck is weak against A, B, and C. That's what, that's what I'm going to hate out, and everything else I'm just going to cross my fingers. Yeah. We just don't have the power um, to put in our sideboard like other formats do. Other yeah, other formats do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was but just kind pretty... of weird. No, go ahead. That was just kind of a weird observation that I was just thinking, you know, if you like what kinds of, I know that like the cards in general are, I don't want to say a lower power level, but like of a different caliber, mm-hmm. which means like the hate would also like be a different caliber, but like some, some sorts of hate just don't exist. Like there is no blood moon. There is no ley line of sanctity. There's like a lot of the, there's no land destruction. Well, I guess there is, but there like, is. you just have to run a very specific type of deck for it. Yeah. It's kind of a, a weird deck building uh, constraint to think about. So, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so earlier you said that you have like 50 decks, but what are mm-hmm. like your go-to decks? Like if you were like, okay, I'm going to, I get, I like it to play three more popper leagues. What are the three decks you're going to go play? Before you have to hang it up forever. Ooh, before I hang it up forever. Uh, Mono White Heroic. Probably the probably be the last one I play because I wanna I wanna savor that one. Um, <laughs> That's like a aggro deck? Yeah, it's basically weaker boggles, um, Laguna Band, Trailblazer, and a bunch of equi- or a bunch of enchantments and and hope you get there sort of thing. Mutagenic growth and um, all that it's just I, I love enchantments and i love mono white decks so mm. or, or else i would just play boggles does that play kind of like uh kind of like an infect game plan or is it yeah, more kinda. Boggles? um it, it's kind of in between it's the play style with what you're trying to do is probably similar to infect but it's not yeah. as fast and okay. then it's about the same speed as boggles but it's not as powerful like you won't ever have a 16 16 double life linker trample you know in mono white heroic yeah yeah yeah, it's all about one drops and uh one drop creatures one drop enchantments and then hope you hit your land drops okay so So, yeah mono white heroic would be the last league i play um for the first league i'd probably take this terrible brew that i've been working on for years and this is blue black night sky mimic do you remember that card I have no idea what that no card idea. is. From Eventide, it's like if you cast a blue, uh, black or white spell, it becomes a 4-4 flyer, yada, yada, yada. It's really terrible. It's fun as hell, but it's really terrible. <laughs> um, and then League 2, right in the middle, I probably would play a Boros. Um, probably a Boros like bully-style deck where it's more tokens and not just harder control, you know, mid-range with the Monarch and all that stuff. I'd probably just play like the... Uh, Tokens go wide and battle screech and rally the peasants. Gotcha. So definitely sound like a kind of an aggro player then. Yes. To my core, I am an aggro player. I know I understand the basics of control and I enjoy a good mid range, but um, I'd rather play a quantity of games <laughs> than yeah. a quality of games, I guess. You know, I, I like the uh, sitting at the LGS in a tournament and my match is over in 10 minutes, and I can just hang out for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, go watch another game or hang yeah. out with one of your buddies or something. Exactly, yep. So cool. I, and that's I, just, I, you know what, when I play, that's just how my mind thinks too. Like, land, creature, swing, 
you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I understand the appeal. Yeah. Sorry, I have found Night Sky Mimic. It is one in a black-white hybrid for a 2-1 creature shapeshifter. Whenever you play a spell that's both white and black, Night Sky Mimic becomes a 4-4. There you it go. gains flying until end of turn. Yep. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good rate. Like, that into, like, I don't know, any, any like, hybrid card from, uh, uh, you know, any of the guild sets, and you're just, you're just doing it. Yeah, you got to pair it with um, Edge of the Divinity, the enchantment, the white-black hybrid, one-mana enchantment that if the creature that you're enchanting is white, it gets plus zero, plus three. If it's black, it gets plus three, plus zero. Oh. Uh, so nice, nice guy mimic is both, so you just end up with a 7-7 seven, seven flyer on turn three. <laughs> that definitely nice. sounds powerful. Yeah, I like that, but it, it's... All the mimics, but specifically Night Sky Mimic is just one of those cards that when it gets on the board, everyone knows what you're doing. So it just yeah. becomes a target and <laughs> you're probably not going to win. Yeah. But it's hella fun. Sounds it. And, that, and that's what matters. That's right. Yep. I mean, and that that's that also like another thing, like uh, if you listen to the pre-show last week, folks, I talked about, I think it was last week, talked about, spent two hours talking about a cube. And, that was uh, last week. Yeah. And like, it's just fun to like, find these cards that like time has forgotten yeah right like you said night sky mimic and we've both been playing on and off since forever you know, forever and yeah. we were both like what the heck is night sky mimic <laughs> yeah there was right. a whole cycle of the mimics but that was probably the most playable in our format anyway yeah but yeah, like i had a actual never heard of that card before you know, yeah it's fantastic but it's it's super cool to be able to go find those cards. That you're like, oh, I think this card's super neat, and like you feel like you found that card. You know what I mean? You're like, no one's playing this yeah. card. Like this is my yeah. thing. Yep. Right. Like everyone's playing Delver or you know whatever thing gives you the monarch. Yeah. Right? But like this guy, you're like, this is my thing. This is my card. <laughs> right. And like. You know, there there is still a best deck in the format, but the power level is a little flatter. So, like, you're able to play your brew and, like, have fun. And, you know, maybe you win 48% of your matches, mm-hmm. right? Yep. As opposed to, you know, I'm playing my fun brew in modern. Oh, five. Oh, five. Like, no. <laughs> no. I just, can I get, like, a win? Like, no. No, no, no. Yeah, is I'm, it definitely, a- uh, I'm definitely the Johnny when it comes to the... Uh psychographics or what have you yeah is there like if you sit down and play a league do you mm-hmm. normally come across brews or is it mainly just meta decks the leagues are actually pretty safe um you're not gonna i mean you'll still find your handful of affinities and uh blue blacks and trons and all that stuff but generally they're gonna be tier two ish maybe 1.5 or a brew that someone's been working on a couple weeks and they had some luck with it so they're gonna run it out there and see what they can get for it yeah um, leagues are generally more fun than challenges challenges are where you hit like the grinders and the professionals and gotcha. people that, that play mtgo 40 hours a week you know all right well like that's maybe a distinction we should talk about real quick because i sure. know like we haven't really covered a whole lot of magic online stuff on the show Right. Mainly because like neither of us are really interested in magic online. Right. Um, I don't blame like, what, what's the difference between a challenge and a league? Basically the friendly leagues as 
as their kind of nickname, but it's the leagues. They go for um, as long as a season lasts, which pretty much a season lasts um, from one standard set release to another. Mm-hmm. And they just go constantly. And it's 10 tickets to enter, 10 ticks. Um, mm-hmm. Here in the States, it's about a dollar per tick. So 10 bucks to enter. And you can win if you, I think you start profiting off the league if you finish with a 3-2 or better. You play five matches and then whatever you end up with, you end up with. But you can play as many leagues as you want, back to back, simultaneously. I think um, I haven't done that in a while, but <laughs> yeah, you can just you can hop from one league to the next, kind of like being at say a big weekend long festival, and there's just tables everywhere. You just sit down and play another league, you know. And so some they're leagues just like are, on demand. Yeah, they're just on demand. Some leagues will have 150 people playing at a time, depending on the meta. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen as many as three or four hundred at a time, so. There's always games to be found, but yeah, leagues you can just keep going back to back. Okay, and then you said challenges are they're like more scheduled. They are scheduled. There's a challenge every Saturday and every Sunday. Um, the field is usually in the 60s or so, unless it's just a terrible meta. Then sometimes they've been known not to fire at all. But yeah. thankfully, we're not that bad right now, um, and it's more of a serious. The prize pool is a lot more increased. Okay. So you get a lot more grinders. Um, this is where you can, if you're actually looking to profit any money on MTGO, this is probably what you're going to try to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you can seriously like um, increase your, your return on investment. Um, and it's just, that's where you're, but because of that, that's where you're going to run into the more um, high-powered decks, yeah. better players, and that sort of thing. And they have been this this year and then a little bit last year they run like showcase challenges and qualifier challenges to where you can win entry into some championship series on arena and that sort of thing. So we've gotten a lot of multi-format players come to the format, uh, come to Popper lately and play the challenges. So that's really cool to see too. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of like a backdoor way for them to get in and also check out a new format. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, were the challenges the same price to enter, or are they more? They are more, but you, like I said, you get more yeah. of a return. So, gotcha. And pretty much the top thirty-two get something back, whether or not you profit or break even. You know, it depends on where you place. But um, oh, and like that's really not that bad if you're talking about mm-hmm. you know sixty-man events either. Like it's not unreasonable to finish yeah, in the top fifty percent. Yeah, it's really not. Um, the only drawback to that is in metas like now where affinity is is nigh unbeatable that's kind of all you run into in the challenges um i think two weeks ago the sat or the sunday challenge maybe the saturday challenge it was like of the top 32 there were nine affinity decks wow and that's just that's not something i really want to be part of yeah so but yeah it is um it is more expensive like you asked it's 30 ticks to enter as opposed to 10, but mm-hmm. your reward can be potentially much a lot greater. larger. Yeah, much greater. Cool. So, so uh, go ahead. I was going to ask, like, if someone wanted to get into the format, you know, other other than putting out the bat signal on Twitter to get cards sent to you, um, <laughs> uh, like, what, like, what should they, what should they do? Like, I think, I think we have it in the, in the notes. It's like, how do you convince your friends to play Popper? Like, but if you, if, if Popper sounds interesting, like, what are you trying to do? Like, what, what, how are you going to convince people? What deck should you get? Or maybe not like what deck's good, 
but like you know what i guess all the decks are accessible so like Like, where would you steer someone like a lot of times people have asked me about how to get into modern and my suggestion is always to play elves because it's super linear it does the same thing every game once you learn the lines of your deck you can kind of pay attention to the rest of the format and learn what makes the format tick like is there an analog to that for popper where there's like a deck that's great for learning the format I would also say elves, and oh, okay. I would I would add to that probably burn, just straight up burn. Yep, that's the one. Whenever there's a new player, either to the format or new to Magic in general, um, as a game itself, I usually introduce them to burn. Um, it's probably the easiest, at least in Popper anyway. I haven't played burn in too many other formats, but it's really easy to pick up. I mean, you're just trying to do Count 20, to 20 damage, yeah, as quick as you can. And there you go. Is the uh, just kind of a excuse me real quick aside is uh pauper elves more like legacy elves where it's a combo deck is or is it more like a beatdown style it feels and looks like a combo deck to me because it's so fast and all of a sudden they go from like one creature to a board of creatures okay but they still have to swing it you know what i mean they still have to swing in they still have to trample over whatever you've got out there because it is pauper more than likely that elves player is facing down a, diff- a board of some other creatures that's 15 wide or what have you. Yeah. Um, so it is a combat oriented deck, but it's very fast and it's very, very weak to sweepers. I don't know about legacy or what have you, but yeah, that's pretty much every version of elves is weak to sweepers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we recently had uh, fiery cannonade downshifted in I believe commander legends this time last year. And that, that, uh, that definitely made some waves in the format. Yeah. Stompy hasn't been the same since. <laughs> yeah, cheap sweepers will do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know you said that you play, you know, mostly online, uh, but that you do, you know, show up or you used to show up to your uh, like your locals, your local mm-hmm. events at your game store. Um, like if you if you were trying to build a community, like to start a uh you know, like a weekly popper or a monthly popper or something at your LGS, and you got any advice for somebody to you know, trying to convince other people to play the format? Yeah, um, it's not easy. Thankfully, my LGS, the community was pretty semi-established already. Yeah. Um, but just from being around other shops and talking to other players and stuff, it, it definitely takes... You have to be committed to wanting to play the format and wanting to teach people the format. And then you just have to have a lot of patience. You have to go up to the shop... Uh, whatever your LGS is, pretty regularly try to make it a scheduled thing to where even if Joe Blow doesn't play Popper with you for three or four weeks, you get to be a regular in his mind. You know, eventually he will sit down with you um, and have decks, have multiple decks, have, you know, you don't have to build 48 of them, but if you have one of each archetype, you know, four or five decks that play well together, that are kind of sideboarded, against each other mm-hmm. um you get three or four people playing and all of a sudden before you know it you you, you got a stew you know you know what I mean you got a tournament going on yeah i mean that's that's got to be kind of a big selling point of the format is you know you can just have multiple decks for the format for like the same price as your mana base would be for just about any other format yeah. so like yeah absolutely you know lending decks out isn't as big a deal Mm-mm. it's really not um i mean even if you Sure, we've got some old cards that if you, you buy them in foil, they're a hundred bucks a piece or whatever. But even foiling out, making your deck all blingy isn't isn't that backbreaking. And I, I haven't met anyone that 
has multiple decks that isn't willing to to lend them out because pauper players want to play pauper, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's mainly the case for, for any format. I mean, yeah. I, I know that's the case for legacy players. And, yeah, sure. you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about that on the show a bunch of times, how it really doesn't matter. Like a legacy player just wants to shuffle up and play it. It really right. doesn't matter to them anything yep. else. And yeah, I'm sure Popper is the same way. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, I think that's all I had on the show notes. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, or questions you had for us, or anything before we uh, before we call it? Um, not too much. I know I talked about it a little bit in the pre-show. There are there's a pretty passionate. I don't know how big they are, but there's a pretty passionate um, arena popper community. They play either standard popper or historic popper, and they do uh, they run their own events as well through their Discord. So oh, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. I don't know if that's something you know you guys would ever get in on since you're already sort of you know invested in arena and you probably have all the cards. Unfortunately, the I am invested in arena. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they run it through MTG Melee. I haven't messed around with that site a whole lot, but um, yeah. And two, when I meant to bring this up, if you don't mind, yeah. when we were talking about the leagues and the challenges, another option too, if you're if you're more like me or you're more like a brewer or you'd rather spend those 10 or 30 ticks on new decks and cards or whatever. Um, There are a lot of communities that run their own events and many of them are free, like player run events. Um, So those are always fun too. And those are good places to try out. You know, if you're working on a brew and you don't want to burn a a league worth of money on it because you don't know it'll do well. Well, here's a free event. You know, worst thing that can happen is you lose. The best thing that can happen is you win five ticks for free for doing nothing. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. So those are huge. And and honestly, at this point, I think there's probably two or three um, player run events like that for Popper every week, usually on the weekends, maybe one or two during the week. So that's always an option for anyone that doesn't want to get super invested into MTGO, which, which I can't totally blame them. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I was on MTGO, but I wasn't a huge fan. It felt like the interface was trying to make me lose. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not ideal. Like, if they could somehow... No, I, I don't want that. I was going to say, if they, somehow they could port, you know, your MTGO collection into Arena, I would play Arena, but I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, it's a whole other bag of worms. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's an idea for a whole other show. Right. <laughs> So how do you find these tournaments? Because, like, you know, I can't, I can't imagine my brief clicking through Magic Online. I can't imagine it's easy to find these tournaments, like, in the interface. So, like, again, are we, are we just, like, sending out the bat signal to, to you on Twitter and being like, hey, where's this event at? Or Where do like, I go? Yeah, exactly. How, how do people find that? Uh, most of it is done... I would say about half of it is done on Twitter. Someone will put up a, a tweet like, hey, so-and-so group or, or what have you is running this big event. It's free. Sign up here. They send you the link. Maybe sometimes you have to get into Discord to to make sure that you're on the up and up with the administrators or whatever. And then also, too, on MTG Melee, there's a couple other sites that they'll let you host tournaments. But on MTG Melee, there's you can just search up a pauper tournament. Like, look okay. up pauper tournaments, and there'll be a schedule, and you just click on the one you want to play in. So, like, if I search, like, hashtag pauper, like, is there, like, going to be a bunch of stuff that comes up? Or is that uh, um, some weird quarter of Twitter I don't want to go to? Oh. <laughs> Does it mean something MTG else? Popper? Oh, MTG <laughs> popper? Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, and it'll just it'll fill your timeline for sure. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot more players, popper players on Twitter than I had imagined. That's for sure. Because when I started, it was just me and my little. I'm listening to common knowledge, and I'm on the Facebook group, and then I go to Twitter to be like, I love Seeker of the Way. Look at me. Um, <laughs> but it's a whole world, you know. It's every every continent has popper players. There's a huge um, Japanese and Chinese community for popper. Like I said, Italians, Brazilians. Uh, they're just we're all over the place. So during our during our little intro, Brian had wanted to know what all of our listeners' favorite commons are. So now mm-hmm. you're on the spot. Uh, mine is Seeker of the Way. Seeker of the Way from cons. From cons. Yep. It, right. First time I cracked it in a pack. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I love prowess. I love mono white. I love incidental life gain, and this just has everything. It does me. all of those things. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So what's funny? What about is, you guys? Oh, mine's easy. It's faithless looting. Okay. Yep. Yeah, attracts the best. Yeah. Faithless is a pretty good card. <laughs> yes, I'm a I'm a fan of Stitcher Supplier. Oh, that's also a good one. We just yeah, want to put stuff know. in our graveyard. That's I don't know if it has do. a place in Pauper or not, but that is a one of my favorite cards. That is a really good one. Um, so it's funny you're talking. It is not Pauper legal. Is it? Is it an uncommon? It is an uncommon. Was it really? Oh, yep, no. from uh, M19 or 2019. Oh, yeah, no. I knew it was a core set. I didn't think it was an uncommon. All yeah. right, I'll, I'll have to think of another one then. So I was... it, again, an uncommon on the list. What Ooh. about a uh, coiling oracle? Is that a common? Yes, it is. Okay, that is coiling good. oracle. It is then. I've been trying to make that card good for so long and popper like that and a boreal grazer. Is, and it's good all by itself. Growth spiral. It's just it's, it's just <laughs> not happening. <laughs> um. So you'd mentioned uh, Seeker of the Way. And so I had got on Twitter and I typed in MTG Popper. And the second tweet, oh, it just went away. The second tweet that came up was someone attacking with three Seekers of the Way. <laughs> uh, I want to follow them right now. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's Phil Gallagher from Thraben U. There you go. Oh, yeah? Yeah, talking about like... Uh, his Boggles opponent blocked, and he has some card that I can't even read what it does, but it must like make you sacrifice a blocking creature or something. Yeah. Oh, destroy! It's got destroy target uh, enchantment uh, in each other enchantment attached to it or something. So you, they're just gonna, he's just gonna blow up his uh, all of his uh, enchantments on his uh, poor little uh, whatever it is, Glade Cover Scout. With, I guess uh, I didn't realize he was a pauper aficionado. I, yeah, it's just not just legacy decks anymore, man. I guess you got to branch and, out. Um, Javier Dominguez tweeted earlier about pauper. He played in the challenge, I think, this weekend. Wow! Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Anyway, I'm terrible with my pros' names. World champion. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then he, a lot of those guys. Oh, sorry, and you go know, ahead. know who I find right under? Just a few tweets under. Who's that? Some some popper underscore B with a sweet like My Little Pony or Unicorn Crash Through or something. Yeah, that's for my cube. <laughs> that was my cube edition of the day. Your cube edition of the day is this sweet. Yeah, crash it was from uh, yeah, it was from one of the secret layers, one of the recent secret layers. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons. Like yeah, that's what it was. The Saturday yeah. morning cartoons. 
I'm like, I need that for my cube. <laughs> I'll probably end up taking it out for something else, but I need it now for some reason. Right now, must have. Pretty much. <laughs> yes, I totally understand that. And that's kind of my uh, problem why I have so many dozens of decks, is I just have to have them. Like, yeah, I'm just collecting them at this point. I'm not really playing them. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Haul around eighty-seven pounds of decks to the LGS next time I go? You know, I'll probably take three or four, throw them in a bag, and go up there. Yeah, just need leave a the other cart. Yeah, I'd have to. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Could yeah, turn you into one of those uh, the people that play minis that like come in with like a literal oh, like, yeah. rolling suitcase of like yeah. <laughs> plastic and dice, and this is like, all right. Like you have a laser level. You're in too deep. This is too much like construction. Like, <laughs> please, too much. please, please. Laser stop. level and a tape measure. Yeah, exactly. It's like you gotta like put up a, some cabinets. Like this is this is too intense <laughs> for me. I could talk to my shop though. They have a bank vault. What, is, what if I could just store everything in there? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh that's your, cool. Your LGS has a bank vault. Was it a former bank? Yes, it was one of the. I guess it still technically is, but it was one of the oldest um, banks in St. Louis. Has the old vault and everything still. It is amazing. Well, that's super cool. Yeah, they were going to, well, before Corona, obviously, they were going to have, like, when they had events, they were going to do the premiere match inside the vault and, like, stream it or you know, broadcast it or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to share some pictures with you guys. I got them in a Discord somewhere. I'll have to find them. But, yeah, it's really sweet. Huh. Ba battle in the bank. There yep. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to him about putting together some sort of massive, like, because of the bank fault, some sort of big cosplay event for the streets of New Copena. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. With, like, entry into the costume contest, get you a, uh admission into the pauper event on Saturday or something crazy. That would be cool. There you yeah. go. Cops yeah, and robbers. Yeah, that, that's a... A little bit of a haul. <laughs> we like halfway across the country. Yeah, yeah it's just halfway. halfway. Yeah. It, the the it, problem with going out there is I'd have to uh, like make it a longer trip because my brother'd be pissed if I didn't see him too. Yeah. And my then brother lives here. in. Well, he he lives in Oklahoma. If I'm traveling that far from, oh yeah, might like, as well just in that direction. Eight hours. Yep. Yeah. yeah. See, see, the problem is, is that my brother is north ish i guess he's in <laughs> or i guess northeast he's in indiana so okay. we, we just have to go and like split yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet up for the event and then go our separate directions there you go i fly well, I have, uh, my brother lives in savannah oh. i don't know how close that is to you guys but uh three four hours, hours maybe four, hours? four yeah. probably four it's a lot closer than st louis it, it is. is it is <laughs> yeah like I have driven to Savannah for like a weekend trip before. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The last hurricane we had, we evacuated to Savannah. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. Cool place down there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Real historical. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I had a conference there. It took a bunch of students. Lost zero people. It's all that matters. <laughs> That's a win. <laughs> it's always rough <laughs> taking students anywhere. Like I took students to New Orleans and they came back with hand grenades from Bourbon Street at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Don't get me fired, please! I can't, I can't handle this." Yeah, I hope Bourbon Street at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they they were going hard. That's awesome. They were going hard. I was like, "Oh, 
God, no. <laughs> so, all right. Come back all sticky. <laughs> yeah, oh, why is everything sticky? <laughs> sticky, and why do you all smell ho- awful? Yeah. <laughs> so, with all that, I think we have a pupper show. I think we have a pupper show. I think we do. So, if, again... Your your assignment is if you want to get at us on Twitter, you should tweet us your favorite comment. I'm going to make sure that I tweet mine out, and then uh, see James can stick his can reply and stick Quailing Oracle on the end there, and we Absolutely. can get a, a chain of everyone's favorite comment. I love going. it. That's a great idea. Make yep. it happen. The engagement. We yep. will make it happen. <laughs> there we go. He- Yep. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or as always, you can drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. But if you tell us your favorite comments that way, the world won't get to see them. So hop over to Twitter, Casual Tripod, and do it that way. Um, you if you're looking at. What's that? You got to publicize it. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. I mean, it didn't happen unless the world saw it, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if any of you guys are looking to build any popper decks or just kind of fill out your collection, please don't forget to use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, anything you purchase after using that link, doesn't matter what you do, we'll get a small percentage of to help keep the show going. And if you want to support us more directly, please hit us up on patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Throw us a couple bucks, I'll put you on my mailing list, you get access to our show notes. You get to listen to more of us during the pre-show, which, I mean, I feel like the pre-show is equally as good as the show. So you guys that aren't on Patreon are missing out. And we have our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Brad, you want to uh, shout out your your socials again? Yeah, uh, you can find me specifically at popper underscore B on Twitter. Uh, my other podcast or my main podcast is CK Podcast MTG on Twitter or just the Common Knowledge podcast on any of your listening outlets. Awesome. Yeah, and, I checked out a couple episodes. Really good. And I'm going to be a like professional podcast person, and I'll put mm-hmm. links to this stuff in the bo- in the description. Oh, what? Yeah, there we <laughs> that go. Is, that is Chad approved. That, yeah. Bro, that's how you get the beans. <laughs> Links. <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's all right. Beans about, equals man. links. Yeah, that's right. And digital only cards. Oh, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next week. Next week. Next week. So with that, we will catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. Oh, you're letting me down, Brad. We got to catch you on the internet too. Catch you on the internets. <laughs> <laughs>